and welcome back to our second episode of Healing Pain Through the Arts presents Youth Speak Out podcast. Uh, we had a wonderful first episode with uh, St. Even and Andrew Buckmeyer, a.k.a. Christopher Knox, um, talking about the marathon continues and the recent passing of Nipsey Hussle, uh, the untimely passing of Nip- Nipsey Hussle and what he, his life music and his movement meant to them, how they were affected by it, then how they were affected by, affected by his death, and then finally, what was their contribution going to be to help the marathon to be continued. So we are back again today, and we're excited to be back in the studio, and we once again have St. Even with us, joining us from Kennesaw State University on the line. Um, we have Andrew Buckmeyer, a.k.a. AKA Christopher Knox in the studio. And we have another young lady that is with us today. Uh, and we're going to have everyone just chime in, introduce themselves, and then we're going to jump right into our topic. So St. Even, welcome hey. back. Hey, hey, how you doing today? Um, I'm all right. How's your day been? Um, long. I've been working on a paper, so... Well, we are so glad that you're making time in your schedule for us to join us today. Uh, we're going to kick it off to uh, Andrew Buckmeyer, a.k.a. Christopher Knox. What's up, dude? How you doing? How you doing? Welcome back. Thanks for making time in your schedule to come back and be with us today. Of course, of course. How's your day been? It's been well, actually. It's been well. I got my hair done, so... All right now. You know, I'm feeling kind of cute right now. <laughs> I ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. I ain't even mad at you. Okay, so we have a beautiful young lady in the studios w- with us today, and we're so glad to have her here. We're going to ask her to introduce herself and tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, hi, everybody. My name's Ashton Gates. I am 20 years old. I'm a student at Georgia State currently, and I'm happy to be here. And we are so happy to have you. And uh, we are going to, um, first we want to, be, before we go into our topic, we've had some exciting stuff going on with uh, St. Eva's been really busy out at uh, school doing a lot of stuff out there. We want him to just talk about that a little bit. And then we want Christopher Knox, a- Andrew Buckmeyer, a.k.a. Christopher Knox, to talk about uh, an exciting uh, event that he just had. Um, so you guys bring us up to speed on some of the stuff that's been going on with you. You want to go first? Um, I, I, nothing exciting. I just had auditions. That's not exciting. It's just <laughs> tiresome. Um, you had your poetic event, uh, last um, month. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. Uh, um, so I had, well, on April 20th, uh, I was in the 10 minute play festival, the new works, uh, 10 minute play festival that my, school Kennesaw State University's theater department does every year. Um, so I was in a play that was 10 minutes. Um, yay, I guess. And then <laughs> on the 26th, I uh, had uh, a not really a performance, but it was like an open rehearsal showcase type of thing of um, r- one of my original poems for the KSU Colors Ensemble, which is a club within the theater department here at Kennesaw State. Um, It's a new club. This was the inaugural year. Um, Yeah, and then I just have had auditions for next year's season 
that's pretty much it. All right. Well, congratulations on all of that. Uh, we want to celebrate the successes of our young people because we know that you guys work hard. So it may not seem like it's a big deal to you, but we want to definitely big you up and let you know that we support whatever the even the slightest and smallest efforts that you are making because that's what this platform is all about. You speak out and what it is that you're doing. We want to be excited about it so that we can get you guys uh, uh, more exposure, get you guys more opportunities and to be able to spread whatever it is that you're doing with our community so what's been going on with you uh andrew i know we just had an awesome event with you tell us a little bit about that yeah um through this uh website that was made by local artists for local artists they um they send you openings for um for shows and uh if you confirm it you have to sell x amount of tickets in order to get your time spot and I, I was able to sell 15 tickets. And uh, I got to perform at the Eye Lounge in on Glenwood. Um, I think that was the east side. I think that was. It looked a lot That's different good. than what I expected it. So I didn't know if we was truly on the east side or if yeah, we was on the east side that we're, you know, a whole bunch of white people came to. I don't know. It was something. Yeah, it was somewhere <laughs> around there. But I had a lot of fun. You know, I, um, at first I thought I was going to... Um, do five songs but uh i only did four i ended up changing my mind about one song because it's kind of old and i was just like you know i want to do a lot more fresher stuff because mm -hmm. um three of the or two of the songs that i did were on a mixtape that i dropped last year which is called procrastination ep and you can get that on spinrilla and um the neck the and two of them were um songs from a tape that I am dropping in June, which is dropping June 1st, which is going to be on SoundCloud and Spinrilla. So there's that. And um, aside from that, I finished out my semester. Uh, woo woo! I'm, I'm thankful I survived and then didn't uh, die because, um, <laughs> yeah, man, it's just it's, it's stressful. The 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 pressure that comes with you know being in school, especially yeah. in college, the, the pressure that comes with it is. Is kind of steep, and uh, okay. I'm just glad I was able to, you know, deal with it in healthy ways and study, 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 and actually make good grades because in high school it was easy. You know, I didn't even have to really study to make good grades. Mm -hmm. I, just, I just had to be present. But, you know, in college you get the choice whether to be present or not to be present, and, and you know, that's something that I definitely made sure I was there for every class unless I actually had a reason not to be there, and I think I only missed yeah, I only missed five classes out of all of my classes that I had this semester. And um, I had four, so I only missed five total. And I think only one class was when I missed more than once. So, uh, yeah. Well, congratulations um, to both St. Even and to uh, Andrew and to Ashton. You all guys are uh, college students, and you're pressing hard, and you um, are focusing. And Ashton, tell us, what are you studying at Georgia State? So I am studying broadcast journalism. Hopefully one day soon in the future, you will see me on your TVs all across America. All right My now. goal is to be a reporter, hopefully international. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. And whatever we can do to help you to uh, push forward to make that dream come true, uh, we definitely um, would like to do what we can to support you and to be able to, you know, try to help you with opportunities to be able to get you um, going in that direction. So 
salute to you. Salute to St. Even, to Andrew. I'm proud of you guys. I know um, St. Even is finishing up his uh, junior year at uh, Kennesaw State University. And, um, yeah, I know it, it's, it's rough for you guys. So I definitely, we salute you here at uh, Healing Pain Through the Arts. And we are just so glad to have you guys be a part of what it is that we're trying to do. So uh, this, this uh, topic that we are going to be talking about today is something that is very prevalent in our society it's not just in the society, but it's affecting our young people in a big way. And we we just have to put a disclaimer out and say that we are none of us are or claim to be uh, medical professionals in regards to this topic or experts in this field. Uh, however, this uh, subject is going to be pro broached from sharing information that has been gathered um, and also sharing information from personal uh, experiences as young people um, and observing in the community and in your own environment. So our topic for today, I don't know if anyone knows that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So today being May the 4th and our second podcast episode, we are discussing um, mental health uh, in our community. And as far as specifically talking about, there's a wide variety of types of mental health diseases or mental illness diseases, but we're focusing more um, on the the um, depression um, and, and some of the results that lead up to depression, things, you know, things of that uh, anxiety, things of those natures that lead up to uh, tragic losses such as suicide. So we're um, going to jump right in and we're going to um, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to ask um, our guests in the studio and that's on the phone today. Uh, in your environment that you deal with, like Andrew just talked about college being rough and being difficult and being grateful to be able to make it through yet another semester. Can you share personally some of your possible um, encounters with people that you know um, or that you haven't observed or heard about within your own environment um, in, in regards to mental illness uh, depression, um, even suicide, you know, things of that nature. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people actually that I know about that suffer with depression or suffer from depression or anxiety or have really bad anxiety issues. And, um, um, not too many in my school, because the people that I uh, hung around in my school, um, the thing about my, my particular campus is that it's filled with high school students that are doing dual enrollment. So I don't often stay there. Like this semester, I could count how many times I stayed after my classes on one hand. And um, But for the previous years, the people that I chose to hang around, they didn't really, you know, a lot of them didn't have those type of issues. And if they did, they didn't talk to me about them. And, um, but people who, um, I went to high school with, you know, that I just, you know, that I've grown around and I known them for a longer period of time. Those people, I know a lot of them that are dealing with it. Like there was this 
um, one time, I'm not going to say the girl's name, but we were going to go to the movies and um, she decided to, to cancel it. And she told me um, she like just just I guess it was like t- maybe two, three hours before she texted me. and was just like, I'm sorry, I won't be able to make it because I don't want to be out and then start crying in the middle of, of the movie or in the middle of us hanging out. And then you look at me like I'm crazy. And I was just like, well, first of all, I wouldn't, you know, look at you like you're crazy. I would try to actually, you know, figure out what's wrong with you, first of all. But um, she, I, I can, I understood why she did it because a lot of times when we were talking, she would often talk about, you know, how she goes to therapy for depression and how she, you know, she has to do this and how um, a lot of the, like a lot of the, a lot of what she feels come from you know, how things are at home and stuff like that. And there's been, it's just the, it's very prevalent. And nowadays, a lot of people don't know what to do or how to deal with it. And not saying that, you know, therapy is, is, isn't a solution, but a lot of people are trying to deal with issues that go beyond just how you feel. Because um, we are, I I'm firmly believe that we are a three-part being. We are um, we have our flesh, which is our physical bodies, you know, and then we have our spirit and we have our soul. And if I can equate it to anything on Earth, it, we're basically like computers. Um, the computer screen and the actual desktop, that's what, you know, that that's our like our flesh. That's the physical housing unit. And then you have um, our spirit. And our spirit is basically the software that goes through the machine that makes it work the way it works so that's like our emotions and stuff like that and then you have the soul which is the electricity that comes throughout the wall in this in the sense it's the same thing our soul is literally what powers our body when we die our soul is what leaves and that's that's the reason why you know what i'm saying people there's life after death because we're not just a body you know so um and I feel like people are trying to deal with things. They, they're they trying to equate how they feel with, you know, their physical body. And so they try to do things to their physical body to either make it go away or to numb it or to, you know, try to hide it. But at the end of the day, whenever that stuff wears off, because none of it is permanent, you know what I'm saying? Whenever that stuff wears off. It, it, you're feeling the same exact way. And I feel like a lot of people oh, are, worse. are, yeah, or worse. A lot of people try to deal with those ways uh, or deal with those feelings in ways that only reach our, uh, the surface, only scratch the surface. And, um, personally, just through, you know, personal experience, I've, I'm not going to lie and say I've never gone through depression. I've been depressed multiple times in my life. And I decided, like a lot of people say that, oh, it's not a choice, but I, I, to the contrary, I do believe that it is a choice. You can allow yourself to stay in that, in that place and it allowed, and by doing that, you open doors to doing a whole bunch of other stuff. And I've, I made in my, my heart a decision. I don't want to feel this way anymore. So I'm going to do what it takes to, to find out or, or, you know, to expand my mind and to really, really think what can take this away. And in my experience, you know, in my, I don't know, I, I can't say the same for everybody, but in my experience, God is what helped me. And, um, you know, I've, I realized just, I realized through that process, the, what I just said about how we're a three-part being. And most people 
try to attack those the things that happen in the spiritual realm with physical ailments and in nine times out of ten you know it's only going to be temporary and um one thing that i've noticed is it especially with how society tries to make um tries to i don't want to say society as a whole but certain things in society like the the movies we watch certain music that we listen to social media those as those um facets of society those are the things that kind of drive our thinking and drive you know those are the things that kind of for lack of a better term indoctrinate us to believe certain things and believe something should be this way and if oh if I'm not married or if I'm not dating with kids or married with kids by 25 then you know what I'm saying I probably won't get married or if I don't have this 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 and this by the time I'm 22 23 then I'm failing at life mm-hmm. and stuff like that and then a lot of times those those preconceived notions and ideas are what drive people to the the depression that they feel because they either feel like they're inadequate they're not moving in the right path they're not doing what they feel like they should be doing or there's a uh, room for for growth, but they don't know how to grow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a lot of of not what ifs, but what what I could have been, and you know, dwelling on the past and letting it affect your future. And a lot of times, I had to realize for myself that um, my emotions aren't in control of me. I am in control of my emotions. So I can't let, even if I, if I feel sad, if I feel upset, okay, that, that's natural, that's human nature. But I can't let it make me or drive me to do certain things just to, <clears throat> just to you know, alleviate it. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, wow, that was, that was deep. Um, You know, it's a lot that happens in our environment, and we want you to uh, jump right in. Ashton, why don't you share um, your personal experience in regards to some things that you may have or you might not have come in contact or know of, you know, young people. And this is specifically regarding young people um, who may be dealing with issues such as this. I think that um, a lot of people tend to forget that depression and mental illness doesn't always present itself in the obvious signs of like people just looking sad you can just obviously tell like I had a, um, that is a fact an associate from I'm a really good actor through the um, through the broadcast program and the first day I met her she would make jokes about how she wanted to kill herself or she was super stressed or she was lonely and the next few days we were talking she continued to do it, and I just felt like it was out of place. Mm-hmm. So I ended up pulling her aside and had a real conversation with her, and I was like, are you okay? And she was a freshman, so I just felt like I needed to help her. Mm-hmm. And she was talking to me about how she doesn't have a good relationship with her mom, and she was, like, stressed out with school, didn't know how to balance everything. And I think that people have to look past just the surface level and really listen when people are telling you something because they might be asking for help without doing it directly. Mm-hmm. And it's just, well, I know I, I had an experience where I, I felt like I was depressed, but then looking back, I was just really sad because of something I had been going through. And I think that um, some people talk about depression or say they're depressed without knowing what it really means truly to be depressed and be in that state of mind consistently for days, weeks, months, years, whatever. So you have to really evaluate the space that you're in and know what you're going through. Like talk to whoever you need to talk to God, your friends or family, or even just yourself and get yourself out of whatever situation that you're in because you can't stay stuck in one place forever. 
Excellent. Um, personal personal attachments and personal experiences that you go through, like the one that you just shared about the young lady. I mean, those things stay resonant with you and it's not something that you easily forget because it's so key that when you said that they don't, those signs don't always present themselves. Like you would be thinking, oh, somebody that's depressed is walking around looking sad all the time. They could be laughing and joking right in your face and you don't even know it. But she began to share uh, in a joking way, but thank God you were able to tap in and to be able to, you know, pull her to the side and talk to her. And it's at places like that when the breakdown happens, where you don't have someone that pulls you to the side and you don't have one that checks in and says, are you okay? Um, And that's when you go deeper and deeper into that depression because you feel like you're alone. And then we have the enemy that's speaking to our minds and telling us you are alone and telling you nobody cares and telling you that you're no good. And then like Andrew said, if you're listening to that kind of music, or things on social media, you all of those things um, are dealing are with. Yeah, they 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 continue to uh, uh, perpetuate that that mindset and take you deeper into that depression. So thank God you were able to step in and help her because it doesn't always happen like that. Um, Saint, even you, you have anything that you want to share personally that you might have um, actually dealt with as well. Um. I mean, I think that um, I I I think that uh, Andrew and Ashton had great points and brought up great uh point of views. Um, I, I guess I'd just add that um, I think that there's uh, amongst young people, especially people in my age range, my peers, um, there's com there's kind of this common understanding. Um, or at least it's becoming this way, that there's this common understanding that, you know, we all go through things, of course, everybody goes through things in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that people often associate going through things and those things then having an effect with, on you um, with mental health issues. And sometimes that's true and accurate, and sometimes I think it's not. Um, right. I think sometimes, you know, I think that one can go through traumatic events and come out the other side of them affected, but not traumatized. And I think one can go through traumatic events and come out the other side affected and traumatized. And I think that, uh, you know, how situations like that in life, and when I say traumatic event, I'm not just thinking like, assume like, somebody dying or like something like gory or horrific whatever is traumatic to a person is what's traumatic to them like it's that's subjective what's Mm -hmm. what's an event in your life that you felt was traumatic might not have you know be traumatic in my eyes but it's about you and your mental health and your mental state of being and your experiences but just this just the in in this instance of saying a traumatic event occurs or something happens in your life and you come out the other side of it and it has an impact on who you are as a person and how you continue to operate. It doesn't always mean that it also has an effect on your mental health to the point of having a mental health 
issue or a mental health illness. And then sometimes those things do. Sometimes, you know, it's a combination of events over a long period of time, or sometimes it's one situation, but it's a habitual situation, mm. or sometimes it just takes that one event, that one instance, but whatever the case may be, I think that um, right now within our generation, we kind of have this, uh, th- this kind of common mentality that everybody has a mental health issue of some kind, and I don't necessarily subscribe to that belief i think that a lot more people do than we think Mm -hmm. especially i'd say the older generation like you know people our parents i think that our parents spent all of their lives thinking that having a mental health issue or a mental health illness was a rarity and that the people who did were the you know outliers yeah the select few they there they were and i think that our generation knows that that's not true. Um, our generation has suffered from the fact that mental health has not been a conversation. It hasn't been focused about. Um, and especially within the urban communities, been outright denied and just like made to not be a thing um, or to be a taboo. Um, it's been a taboo for almost all of eternity and so we're finally sure shining a shining a light on the subject mm-hmm. starting the conversation yes and we because we're doing that is a understanding that way more people are going through this than what was believed and what was said to be the case within society i think though we have to understand that way more people are going through it yes that Um, it needs to be a topic. We need to bring it to light and we need to start working so that the the next generations aren't coming up in a society where they can't talk about or think about their mental health because it was, it's tabooed or it's considered odd or weird or you're crazy or whatever the case may be. But I don't think we need to also have that next generation come up believing that if you're alive, then you have a mental health issue. Um, because I don't necessarily know if that one, I don't necessarily believe that that's true, but aside from whether it being true or not, I don't think that that's necessarily can, uh, conducive is the word I don't think I'm mm-hmm. looking for, mm-hmm. um, to, to the situation. Um, uh, but yeah, that's, that's just a point that I, I feel. And just in another thing, I guess when it comes to personal experience, um, I, I think that uh, the vernacular around mental health, um, specifically depression, anxiety, um, bipolar, uh, things of that nature, um, need to be used more accurately and less uh, uh, cavalier. Um, I think that oftentimes people who are just like, sad will like or like nervous like there's a difference between like being nervous and having anxiety yeah oh yeah completely if you have anxiety then you're gonna be nervous a lot and it's gonna come in all different types of forms it might not just be nervousness but just being nervous doesn't mean that you have anxiety yeah. but you it, it, and that does, that's not saying that you don't have it it's saying that if you feel nervous don't just like 
proclaim anxiety, but you know, in, in that moment, because you're nervous about you have to go do something or don't be sad about an event that just happened and then proclaim depression over your life. If it's not that. accurate, yeah, you know? if it's not that. Um, and I, I, I think it, it's a, it's a weird balance that we have to strike because we don't want these things to ever be how they were um, in a sense of hush, hush, mm-hmm. completely ignored, mm-hmm. not cared about, but we don't want them to also become uh, things that people not even are going to care to listen because, oh, well, if, if everybody's got a mental health issue, then what, what can, what do we need to do? Right. Just let everybody have their issue right you know and that's not what i'm saying my mentality is i'm saying that's how it'll it can be perceived um yeah i guess that's just like one thing uh, one thing i want to say real quick and piggyback off of that is that there is an overwhelming sense of um like mental health is is almost like a trend and like it's the the way Manuel was saying I I definitely understand what he means by people need to truly and it goes back to what Ashton said people truly need to you know think about exactly what's going on am I just upset about what just happened or is this something that has like is this feeling has has this been weighing on me for a long long time mm-hmm. and is this something that has driven my decision making and this is something that you know what i'm saying because you can something bad happens to to everybody that's life you know you're going to be upset you're never going to be happy when our feelings are very fickle so you know just be you have to under you have to understand this is something that um when it comes to mental health this is very serious and a lot of people treat it um as as a trend like like emmanuel says some people will just be upset for about 10 minutes oh i'm depressed and like they're just tweeting like oh i'm just so depressed or i'm so anxious or i'm so you know this that and the third but in reality it's it that takes away from the people who are truly suffering from it Mm -hmm. because it's it's almost like the boy cry wolf you know what i'm saying it's like you um if if i come to help you and i realize this is something that truly isn't really that big of a deal and I I don't want to be dismissive, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I never want to call people crazy because people used to call me crazy all the time. And I started to believe it for a minute. But then I was just like, wait, hold on. And I'm not being crazy. People just, first of all, the people couldn't help me. The people that I was going to, that was something that I had to realize. The people that I was going to really couldn't help me mm-hmm. because they were telling me things that I had, if, if they tried, they were telling me things that one, I already knew, or two, I could have thought up on my own. So they weren't necessarily helping me. But, yeah, that is something that we do need to address because this is this is very serious. There are, there are people dying because of this, and that's something that people need to understand. There are definitely people dying, and um, the, thing, the thing that um, breaks my heart and makes me sad about this and lets me know that it's a conversation that we, we need to engage our young people in and give them the opportunity to talk about because, like you said, everybody's going through something, but everybody does not process well or the same way. Like something you, Ashton, or, you know, saying even an Emmanuel might say, um, oh, we can get over that. Somebody else might not be able to. Somebody else might be stuck. They might not. Everybody is living in a different environment some people's home lives 
are unbearable. Some people are living in very, very, very difficult home situations or they're dealing with uh, uh, relationships or in school or d various different things in their life where everybody does not have the capability to process through successfully the same way. And that's, that's when you get into situations where you can become depressed and you can't become feeling like you're isolated. But uh, we want to share... Um, a few facts and statistics in regards to mental health, and especially amongst our youth, um, mental health, they're one in four people that do have mental health illnesses, but statistically one in five young people suffer from a mental illness. And that's 20% of our population. Um, in the United States, 75 to 80% of young of, excuse me, 75 to 80% of children and youth in need of mental health services, do not receive them. And this can be for a variety of reasons, including discrimination and negative attitudes attached to seeking help for mental health issues, cultural beliefs and practices. Like, you know, in the church, you know, it was taboo to even think about going to a psychologist back in the day, just like in our culturally in our black families and some other cultures mm -hmm. honey you ain't talking about going to no therapist because we ain't crazy up in here you know exactly. you might have crazy uncle joe that you act depressed. up at the, what you got to exactly be no you we got, got the holy ghost we got and you got to understand that yes we do have the lord we have the holy ghost but people are dealing with serious issues that sometimes you need to go get some uh, uh seek some um advice and some help and those that are professionally trained and experts in that field other ways that they may not get the help that they need is access to services and supports availability of providers not knowing where to start where do i start how who do i tell why do i where do i get this help from confusion about who to see and what advice to take I mean, these are um, issues that may seem like they don't, if they don't affect you, they may not seem like they're that big, but they are. And some of the um, uh, mental illnesses that young people do deal with are schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, depression, social anxiety disorder, also called sociophobia or SAD. Um, you have ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. I mean, there are various, various types of um, um, conduct disorder, uh, uh, psychosis, eating disorders, um, suicide. Uh, we have, um, I have a dear, dear friend. Um, Miss Edwina Harris, who is also known in the entertainment industry um, as Ejene. She is um, a host and they do um, smoke and Ejene. They do a lot of broadcasting and platforms for independent artists, um, showcases and stuff. And she has been um, out campaigning because her nine-year-old niece named Mackenzie Adams committed suicide due to being bullied. So you you mean to tell me that we have young people as young as nine and in that age range that's considering? I can remember what I was doing when I was nine years old. And 
And we want to say rest in peace to Mackenzie Adams, and we honor her life and the work that her aunt and family are doing. Go ahead, Drew. I can remember what I was doing when I was nine years old. And, you know, that time in my life, yeah, there were some people who would talk about how short I was and and I, that was something I was insecure about for a long time. But I realized I wouldn't be me if I wasn't short. So that's something I, you know, grew to love about myself. But I could remember, you know, some of the things that people would say to me and some of the things that, you know, hurt me and stuff like that. But I, I don't, is I don't want to say that, you know, because this is me. But personally, that that hurts me because as a nine year old you're supposed to be like dreaming like mm-hmm. about life you, you have nine years old what have you what have you really witnessed what have mm-hmm. you really seen you know depending on your environment depending on where you're growing up you know what i'm saying but for me that's 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 harsh that's tough i think it comes down to the fact that at such a young age your mind is so impressionable impressionable so what people say about you at that age means a lot like mm-hmm. that is your life all you do all you know is going to school and playing with your friends mm-hmm. you have nothing else to do outside of that so i think if someone is persistently saying okay kill yourself or you're ugly or you're this you will start to believe it and mm-hmm. then you will act on it i mean it's so bad today that they have People making young people making social media pages just to bully people mm-hmm. and oh, to yeah. taunt them. Yep. Oh yeah, that's 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 one thing that their mob mentality um, over the internet is is real. Like people will spend more time. Like it, it's so strange how even in just just regular speech, we treat it as like some sort of competitive sport. Like if I have a more compelling point with a bunch of words and big words in it you know, I won the conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, it's that's that's exactly how Twitter is. Like, Twitter, there's times where it's like, I can't even, I, I have to get off of it. Like, I, I catch myself more um, because it used to be when I first got on Twitter, like around, I think, 2012, 2013, when I first made it Twitter, it was nothing but jokes. Every time I got on it, I was laughing. I was like crying tears because of the people who I followed. Like most of all I followed was my friends and they all were hilarious. And I've literally watched it go from that to is it's like is it's weird. Like it's a really weird place. There's there's it's almost like there's this overwhelming sense of everybody agrees, you know, to be like if for a perfect example Daniel Caesar, a few, a few, maybe a month or so ago, uh, he said something about um, this uh, a young uh, some some party promoter, and he made a comment um, about he was like he made a comment about black people saying we need to get with the winning team, and when I heard that, my first thought wasn't you know I didn't know I didn't know what he meant by it, but I know he didn't mean anything wrong. The boy is. I've never heard a, a a bad thing come from, you know, this the, his camp or anything like that. Like, he's never been in a scandal or anything like that. The boy has the voice of an angel. He's a really good guy, you know what I'm saying? But as soon as he said that, the it seemed like the entire Twitterverse went into a rampage of just trying to just 
bring him down. And there's this there's this thing, and they they call it cancel culture. And it's like as if whenever a celebrity does something that goes against the the overwhelming view mm-hmm. of the timeline, they get uh, they're ostracized, they're canceled. You know this. Oh, we're not gonna listen to you. We're not gonna do this. this, this. Now, personally, I've never seen anybody's career stop. Maybe except for R. Kelly, but I've never seen anybody else's <laughs> career stop because of from being canceled like i i don't i honestly don't understand what power they think it has it doesn't do anything but put like negativity just in everybody's hearts like you know how mad and upset you really have to be to like sit there and type out an an angry message about something but people are just bullies like that i mean that comes from a deep place inside you know you got Mm -hmm. uh Twitter thugs and people who don't have anything Mm -hmm. better to do in their life than to sit behind a screen and a keyboard and hide behind, uh, you know, typing up messages and messing with people. Yeah, you can say that from, you know, miles and miles away. Exactly. But you would not dare to say the same thing in somebody's face. If anything, you would probably be asking for an autograph or asking for, yo, hey, hey, can I get a picture? And it's just like if, if he was to see everybody's comment, and walk out in the public and one of the people you know was to see him in, in public i guarantee you they would not feel the exact same way as they typed on twitter they wouldn't because one he's a celebrity one he's very famous you know a lot of people know who he is so if you can get a picture with him oh you know what i'm saying this is it is weird it's so weird how people act that way are one way online but they're not that you mm-hmm. know outright in the world mm-hmm. so um Emmanuel, uh, Saint even have you ever had to talk to someone in regards to, you know, trying to lift them up out of depression or trying to be there for them or walk them through that process or them being, you know, not, somebody being anxi- having anxiety over doing uh, well on a, a test is not the same thing as someone being in a dark place. Um, can you address that? Um, yeah, I actually have way more than a little, like I have a lot of experience in people, uh, coming to me, um, with their issues, whether it be people who are depressed, people who are feeling suicidal, um, or people who I might have consider close and I, you know, might notice something being wrong or, um, people that I kind of give myself almost a, a personal, um, not responsibility, but just a, a, a personal awareness in their life and livelihood. And um, uh, so I've definitely had plenty of experience. I've had people who I'm not close with also, like people who are almost not, I wouldn't say stark strangers, but like acquaintances at best mm-hmm. come to me in their places uh, uh, in times of need when they're in the dark space. Um, routinely speaking, it's actually really difficult for me when that does happen because I, um, you know, I try my best to, um, uh, support, not, not support, especially if they're trying to kill themselves, not support their decisions, but to try and hear them out. And, and be, you know, a vessel and then try and give them advice if they ask for it. Um, but usually my advice is always, um, it always either involves seeking 
uh, help in the sense of medically, mm-hmm. whether it's seeing a therapist or, you know, just speaking to someone who is qualified to hear those conversations, or um, it, it's about if peop- if that's not as much feasible for the person for whatever case may be, it's about understanding that things may be this way now, but they won't be forever. Mm-hmm. Um, those are usually the the best things that I can personally give because anything outside of that, I have a hard time like connecting with people in general. So anything outside of that would almost be disingenuous. Um, and those are almost the last things that people want to hear in those times. And I know that from personal experience, not from personal experience in the sense of um, talking to people because when I was younger and I went through my bouts with depression, I didn't ever talk to anyone about it. But I just know because when people think you're depressed or they like have that feeling, they will offer that or offer up themselves to be a vessel. And people would like always say the very last things you want to hear. Like nobody (laughs) who's like going through it Mm -hmm. and is in that dark place wants to hear about how they just need to keep waiting and keep fighting and trudging through because at some point it'll get better. And they don't want to hear how the thing that's probably most difficult for them to do speak about the pain and speak about what they're going through in the place that they're in is exactly what they need to do. And not only is that exactly what they need to do, but they need to do it with a stranger who just went to school and has a degree and doesn't know them from a can of paint outside of whatever words they say to them in an hour long session on a couch. Those are like the last things people want to hear, but they're almost always the only things that I have me like me personally have mm-hmm. to give. Um, and so it's always a little weird and uncomfortable. And one thing for me that I think is, um, uh, uh, well, at least not me now, like me now, I'm better, not better in the sense of like saying like one is better or worse. I'm saying better as in like, I'm better with like speaking Dealing to people. Mm-hmm. I got no, you. No, it, it genuinely just speaking to people. When I was younger, I just was not good at speaking to people. Like I was articulate. Not, I'm not saying I was bad at I was like, I was just bad at being genuine with people. <laughs> um, but, but when I was younger, I, I, I'll speak towards high school because um, I, I'd say for me, I'd say that I suffered from and had bouts with depression between like, I don't want to say sixth because that was really young. And I don't think I was fully in the thick of it yet, but I'll definitely say like the latter part of seventh grade all the way through to like my senior year of high school is when like I was definitely like not depressed anymore. It happened at some point in senior year. So that was like a long time. And that was like the majority of the time that people would like come to me. So Mm -hmm. people would come to me, like I've literally had people text me in the dead of night wanting to kill themselves and like this conversation is their last resort type thing jesus and that was gonna be one of my questions and and that would i'd have to sit there 
someone who's also depressed and convince you to not kill yourself tonight. You know, when wow. I when I probably was having the same thought or feeling 20 minutes prior, not saying that it was, I was sitting there about to text you or text anyone because that just wasn't my personal route of things. But I think a lot of times the burdens that we bear once, once we open up, there's always the, feeling of am I now putting my burdens on someone else which is why a lot of people won't speak along with many other reasons who really cares is it is really going to get any better you know all of those things are things that go through people's mind which is why they usually elect to not share mm-hmm. but I think that me personally I went through uh hearing a lot of people who were going through these things and in these places come to me for some sort of guidance or wisdom or words of encouragement and me feeling unequipped to genuinely truthfully give them to them because the words I would say to them, I didn't subscribe to or believe myself, you know, but I had to, I had to for their sake. And in that moment, I felt in that moment, the burdens that they bear became something that I needed to fight and fix at that moment. It became greater than your own situation that you were going through. And and so I think that that can be a testament to uh, us as humans connecting with one another, but it can also be a testament to us as humans um, failing to correctly deal with whatever it is that we have Mm-hmm. Uh, to deal with, whether it's emotions, psychologically, you know, all of those things, because it, it's a it's a double-edged sword, because it's like, now I will put on this mask to help you, mm-hmm. because you, because that's what you need right now, and then when it's done, and if you're in a better place, even for the, not just saying, oh, I cured your depression, but the simple fact that you're going to go to sleep tonight and wake up and you're going to decide to live tomorrow. Mm, and then when I'm done, I take the mask off and I'm back into my place, you know? Mm-hmm. And that that's the thing that I think I could have, I can personally attest to because those are experiences that I've had. Um, it's, it's just a, 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 I think this, I think the entirety of mental health um, and the conversations we're having about it and how we address it and how we live with it and cope with it and deal with it and move with it, it is about striking this very fine balance. Because um, when those scales tip one way or the other, it becomes too much for it for anyone. Man. This conversation is deep. It's heavy, but it is so much needed today um, because we've got to open up these lines of communication so that our young people could be able to express what it is they're going through. We have young people that are going through depression, anxiety, they're going through bipolar, they're going through all of these different, and some levels of the mental illness is 
definitely areas where you have you need to see a therapist where you need to be able to even sometimes be on medication um but the 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 crust of a lot of what some of our young people are going through can literally be healed through positive just positive reinforcement helping to change someone's environment and being able to connect with them on another level this is what healing pain through the arts is all about it's about educating our community celebrating the gifts and talents of our youth and cultivating love and healing giving our young people a a platform for to use their voice in a healthy way to be able to express what it is that is affecting them express what it is with the things that they desire to see and get out of life and the things that they desire to share with with the world and and I, I know that the arts are cathartic. The arts can be whatever your talent may be. It might not be singing, dancing, whatever. If you do basketball, if that's what heals you, that's your art form as far as we're concerned. So the arts are a cathartic tool, and that's what we use to be able to help bring healing of pain, whatever that pain may be. Somebody's pain may be molestation. Somebody's pain may be domestic violence in the home. Somebody's pain may be their parents being divorced. Somebody's pain may be that they lost a family member that they were very close to that died or it could, or gun violence, various pain somebody's pain may be that they just live in poverty they don't have anything they're constantly you know beneath and not able to do anything they have no resources whatever it is that pain that it is our program and our platform is to be able to help heal the pain through the arts and I know that we're sitting here in the studio with an artist we have an artist on the phone and and um Ashton is 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 in the entering into the broadcast and journalism field and I know for surety that this program was birthed through um actually through St. Even and 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 the fact that he just talked about his bouts with depression and things that he went through. And I know that God gave me healing pain through the arts underneath our from pain to purpose, uh, uh, organization healing pain through the arts is our youth program. And that was birthed through my son, Emmanuel Lyons, AKA St. Even because he was able to help use his music and his artistry to help heal his pain. So Share with us some of your music that you have actually that has inspired you to help you through dark times and places in your life. Um, a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if you if anyone listens to my music, it's very um, it's, I don't really sugarcoat much, maybe like my old music. Uh, to a degree because I was younger and also um, just being a minor, I felt like there were certain like things that I should probably not be like completely blunt and forthcoming with. But uh majority of my music is like very like pit of me, um, very honest, vulnerable work. Um mm-hmm. I always tell people that I'm my most honest in my music and that I'm probably my second most honest if I'm intoxicated. Oh, <laughs> Lord, Jesus, I can do without that one. <laughs> uh, which is, 
which is um, clearly a joke. No, but um, in, in all honesty, <laughs> it's just though that, that's what I really started making music for mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. Um, when I was younger. Give me just the slightest moment. I guess I could, uh, while he does what he does. Okay, never mind. I'm back. Um, I bet. My roommate was pouring water. (laughs) But um, when I first started to write my own raps, I was in like sixth grade and I was doing it merely because I just didn't like the conditions of like my life. And I was like, I can write about these things and it's really dope. And I did that more and more, and then it became a necessity. And then it became like one of my favorite things to do and one of my favorite parts of myself was to be able to, whatever it is, I can express it creatively through these raps. And so then there's something like really special about the moment I actually take a song that I wrote and record it um, especially if it's something that's serious and important to me, because saying it out and hearing it then back and knowing that like the truth is hanging within those words, whatever that case may be, uh, you know, th- there's something special and something very therapeutic about that very moment. And it's oftentimes my favorite part of the process of making music outside of like when I write a line that's really cold and I'm like, dang, I'm good at this, but like outside of that, but, um, that, that's, that's what music was for me. And it still is that I'm not saying that it's not, I think that my music in general is probably less sad now because I am not always sad versus when I was always sad. But, um, so now there are, you know, points of life that I can, I wish to express creatively in my music that aren't just the deepest, darkest, most daft moments and thoughts and feelings because I don't feel that all the time. It wouldn't be true to just only express that. But uh, I just still enjoy being able to speak about life and whatever trials or tribulations or issues or thoughts or feelings that I may have. And, um, you know, if you listen to my music, it's, like I said, it's very forthcoming and it's very clear um, in can the you, sense that. Can you name a song that you know helped you through a really dark time specifically? I know you said a lot of it, but can um, one come yeah, to mind can, specifically? Yeah, a few of them. Um, uh, there's a song that I made a long time ago called First Taste of Pain, mm. which is on like my first mixtape mm-hmm. ever. I remember um, that. And Never that more. song really helped me through a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, another song, a few songs on uh, Off Adrift EP, um, uh, Pray For More Water really helped me through a lot. Uh, Pray For More mm-hmm. Water is, I'd probably say, the song that like has single-handedly had one of the biggest impacts on my real life. Wow. Um, just the fact that I was able to make that. My song, The Intro To, mm-hmm. um, which is um, also on Off Drift EP. Um, a song called uh, Heartless June that 
actually features uh, Andrew on it from my mm-hmm. first mixtape, Nevermore. Mm-hmm. Um, those are just so, some songs. Uh, Cold Summer, um, which is a song oh. that's literally just like it's one of my favorite stream stream of consciousness. Me talking about life. Um, uh, you know, those are just a, a handful of the mm-hmm. records that first come to my mind. Um, when it really comes to like, I'm very much dealing with something and this song, writing this song helped me through that. Um, and then a myriad of songs that are like not currently released. I think the album that I'm currently working on that we're hoping to get out in 2019 um, is almost filled with everything is every every track is very much uh a either a reaction or like me reflecting on or me painting up the picture of particular um events situations relationships you know ups downs and it's not all like issues some of its victories, some of its, you know, things that I thrive for and mm-hmm. love, but all of it's very much like, this is very real for me right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm creatively responding or creatively setting the, uh, uh, the table, if you will, that is this issue, or that is this, um, you know, just instance or situation in my life. Awesome. Andrew, you have any songs that you and you, is in regards to your artistry specifically um, that you can recall helped you through a dark time or a sad time or a time where you were transitioning or just, you know, maybe felt discouraged because discouragement comes to us all. We can all get discouraged about things that may not be going the way that we want them to. We had a deadline, you know, that we wanted to reach a project and we didn't do it, you know, so we can all, but, you know, specifically as a young person in the topic that we talked about today, how has your artistry, because what we're trying to do is build this and paint this picture of what it is we're doing here with art, our artistry, whatever it may be, being a healing force in our lives. So share with our um, listeners your take on it. Um, yeah, there actually, yeah, there's actually quite a few. While I was thinking, I actually couldn't think of one, but um, now there, there are quite a few that are popping up in my mind. Um, one specifically was a song called um, It's Too... Uh, Kendrick Lamar's Sing About You but I named it Think About You and it was like it was when I was going through basically one of the worst breakups of my life mm-hmm. and um, uh, I'm not gonna give like you know too much detail about the whole relationship or whatever but basically yeah, after two months of us talking and um, she just said oh she just woke up one day and just didn't have any more feelings for me or whatever and one thing I noticed about myself in relationships is I always give 110 percent so like whenever and usually I'm left you know heartbroken because Mm -hmm. I'm the one that's always you know pouring into Mm -hmm. the relationship and um in this particular instance I remember I was just uh, it just left me like for a good week and a half maybe I was just distraught like I was just all I was all in my feelings or whatever. Mm-hmm. and I wrote the most therapeutic um the to this day I feel like that song was out of all the songs that I've written when I've like felt bad that song was the one that really really reflected how I felt the best like line for line it was a masterpiece and 
my phone was broken at the time and it would do this thing where it would just like shut off and black out and I, and it ended up deleting that song. Mm. And I remember up to a specific point of mm-hmm. it because of just how I write, I, I go from the top every time and come back down. And so there's only, there, there's only bits and pieces that I don't remember, but I'm, um, I can re- rewrite it. I just mm-hmm. haven't. And, you know, because I haven't felt like that in a mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. And um, like Emmanuel said, one thing about my music, when I first started writing, I wrote my first song when I was like four years old. And um, it became a, a a way for me to like vent whenever I was angry. Like I had serious, I don't want to say serious anger issues because it's like I didn't, I didn't like do things to people. I, I was just like I had issues with my anger. Whenever I would get mad, I wouldn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I would just sit there quiet. And everybody who knows me knows that's contrary to how I how I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I was every time I would get angry, I would write something. And then one day, I just was thinking, I was just like, you know, all of this sounds really, really angry. You know, none of this really just sounds <laughs> like music people can listen to. It's like it sounds like rock music because it's like all I, every time I write something, I'm mad. And it's just like I I was able to. Um, truly, you know, use not only channel my emotions, but I was able to channel a lot more than just anger. I was able to channel joy, happiness. Mm. So I can write songs, you know, uh, in in a lot of different ways now. And a few others that um, one that is out is uh, 4 a.m. Thoughts. That's something that um, around the uh, around my senior year, I was having. Uh, I wasn't really having issues, but I was like, really, there was something bothering me just about, you know, just life and something that was going on. And there was this teacher, one of my teachers, the the only two teachers have actually asked me, like had made me stay after class to talk to me because they saw something was bothering me. And um, that was one my junior year, one my senior year. This one, my senior year, we had a conversation about... um, like I was just talking, I was just upset about what was going on because around that time there was a lot of people getting killed by police, and um, it was we were learning about like the branches of government, and I was just like I really don't like the gov. I didn't like the government at that time, so I was like you know I was kind of you know I wasn't really engaging during class or whatever. And she called me after class and she asked me what was going on, and I told her. And then we had a, a, a good 30-minute conversation because she was my last period. We had a good 30-minute conversation about how, um, you know, there's one, there's things in this world that I, I can't control and the things that I'm upset about, I should aim to change. And from that conversation, I wrote a song that really, like, reflected how I felt about, you know, because I, I named it 4AM Thoughts because I was thinking that night up until 4 a.m. and I ended up writing it and that was the there's um one thing uh it was that was the the song that I solidified how I make music in like my style Mm -hmm. like at first um I wasn't really it was like a, a lot of times I wasn't just I was just writing and it wasn't like a flow it would just be it would be a, a rhyme scheme for about four bars and then two more bars that don't fit and then mm-hmm. you know four more bars that really don't fit and uh, that song um, I wrote it to Pound Cake that song I don't know what happened but something clicked in my mind mm-hmm. and it really it not only helped me as an artist it helped me uh, as a person like I grew as a person because I was able to um, you know tap into 
truly what I can do. Like Emmanuel said, a lot of times that I'll be writing, it's just like, dang, I thought of this, this, this me, this fire. Like I didn't even know I could do this, and it just came from just oh, time after time after time. Not necessarily all the time when I was feeling bad, but it came after. Um, it came from me wanting to to express my feelings because a lot of times now um that i the beat dictates what what i write and a lot of time now there's t- there's beats that i'm like okay on this one i'm gonna just show my talent and on this one i have something to say about specific a specific topic and um yeah there's that's there's a few that haven't been released yet like the outro to this next tape that i am dropping this one that song really really did um actually help me not only understand how I feel about the world but it helped me understand the world and the world that I live in and the things that I am subject to because Mm -hmm. I live in this world and uh yeah okay so we're gonna um get ready to wrap up but before we uh sign off for today we want to give Ashton a chance to chime in um if she wants to share anything personally and then we're going to um, share with you a few warning signs because we want you to be able to be get information as well as hear what our youth has to say so Ashton you want to share anything with us today in regards to what your personal uh experience probably has been pertaining to your your artistry whatever that might be yours is broadcasting journalism how's that helped you process through anything that you might have gone through uh i think mine is kind of contrary to what andrew and um, emmanuel had to say because mm-hmm. at the time that i was feeling like i had mental health issues or i was having anxiety i didn't know what my talent or my art was to cope through that. So Mm. I was just kind of stuck. And I think um, it was a blessing in disguise, but last year I went through a a really bad breakup and it helped me to acknowledge all the things I had been holding in from my childhood. Mm. And I think that a lot of people forget to deal with things at the moment that it happens and you let it just build up and build up and build up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just just explode or you implode. And um, it actually led me to finding what I want to do as far as my career, which was a blessing because for the first two years of college, I was lost. I did not know what I was going to do with my life, and I felt stuck. And um, I think that it helped me to realize not to, I don't know how to word it, but not to pour so much into other people because you still want to help people but don't help other people so much to the point where you forget to take care of yourself first. Uh, Yes. uh, Especially if you have a lot going on. Like I, I work full time. I'm in school full time and I do reporting. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have to take time to sit with yourself and think to yourself and pray or talk to whoever you need to talk to. Yes. To reevaluate your life. Yes. So you can feel free to give other people advice and help them, but don't let yourself go to the wayside. Have your your hour a day, 30 minutes, whatever, to meditate and talk to yourself and make sure that you are feeling good mm-hmm. mentally, feeling well, happy, or whatever. And I think you just, yeah, just remember to, to take care of yourself. Like, don't, don't forget it, because a lot of people will hold stuff in forever and not even realize that they have issues you know lying underneath them yes that's excellent advice thank you for sharing that Uh, we wanted to leave something with our young people to be able to help them through um 
uh, Saint even gave some songs that you could check out. Andrew talked about some things, and uh, Ashton um, just gave advice in regards to remembering yourself and don't get so caught up with trying to solve other people's problems. So we want to share with you a few warning signs before we uh, end our session today. And um, for warning signs, um, if a youth has a constellation of risk factors, it is important to seek assistance for the young person and his or her family. If a family member or friend is concerned, discussing the issue with another family member, friend, spiritual counselor, family pediatrician, or primary doctor could be helpful. Some signs and behaviors to look for may include some, among others, marked fall in school performance, poor grades in school despite trying very hard, severe worry or anxiety as shown by regular refusal to go to school, to refusal to go to sleep or take part in activities that are normal for a child's age, frequent physical complaints, marked changes in sleeping and or eating habits, extreme difficulties in concentrating that get in the way at school or at home, sexual acting out, depression shown by sustained prolonged negative moods and attitude, often accompanied by poor appetite, difficulty sleeping or thoughts of death, severe mood swings, strong worries or anxieties that get in the way of daily life, such as at school or socializing, repeated use of alcohol and or drugs. We want you to stay safe. We want you to know that we are praying for you um, and, and that life is worth living. Okay. The family and youth need to be involved. You have to be involved in the planning and implementation process from the beginning of a treatment um, since the context the youth lives in is extremely important in helping determine his and her treatment. And we would just encourage you to, if you have, uh, as it says, spiritual counselor, seek, uh, you know, advice in regards to, you know, getting prayer for your family. And, and you know, uh, but most of all, seek help. Tell someone, young people, if you're feeling like you want to harm yourself or if you're feeling like, you know, life is worth not worth living or you have these thoughts in your head where you feel like you, you know, you want to give up, you want to take your life. Please know that life is worth living, that you are loved and that you have support. Tell someone, tell someone tell someone and if the person that you tell is not able to help you tell someone that is in a position to be able to help you so we when we name some of those people we want you to stay safe know that you're loved we love our young people this is uh healing pain through the arts pre presenting youth speak out we want to thank ashton for being with us today ashton gates we want to thank andrew buckmeyer and we want to thank st even for being with us today and uh we want to close out just briefly tell them where they can find you and then we're we're done hit it if you um haven't listened to the previous podcast you can follow me at underscore skip to my shoe um on instagram and on twitter underscore skip to my and, and on soundcloud i forgot that the last time and on soundcloud and twitter is the same thing underscore skip to my shoe without the e 
Ashton, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Instagram at Ashton Gates with two S's. And if you feel like you have a story that you need to be put out or you want to share with the world, then DM me and let me know and I'll put it out for you. Okay. St. Even? Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at The Even Saint. Um, you can find me on Facebook by searching St. Even. You can follow me on Twitter at The Even Saint. You can find me on all music platforms by searching St. Even. Um, and face, did I say face? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Okay, um, you can find us uh, on Facebook at From Pain to Purpose. The same thing on Instagram, From Pain to Purpose. You can find me personally on Facebook, Amber and Lions. That's L Y. ONS and I am on Instagram at Nzinga L N Z I N G H A L and our um Instagram business page is from pain to purpose. Twitter's the same thing. Um we'll be having our first town hall meeting soon so please be on the lookout for that and please share this information and connect with us. Send your youth our way so we can give them a platform to be able to have an expressive voice. Thank you so much, guys. Until next time, peace out. Stay safe.